It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Tiger style. Tiger style. Finally, finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle once again. It is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond listening to us on wonderful radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400 in the Midlands, Sports Radio 100.1, The Fan in Florence, and 920 AM in Manning. Out of the gates here on a Tuesday afternoon, Clemson soccer head coach Mike Noonan joins the program. Congratulations, the Atlantic Coast Conference champions. That's your second uh, in your tenure there. Last year, some heartbreak in the ACC championship game, but this year against the number one ranked Pitt Panthers, uh, you come away victorious. Heck of a match. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. You know, getting there last year, you know, was was important to to winning it this year. And uh, you know, we had a lot of experience, knew how to handle the occasion a lot better, and. Uh, was proud of our guys, uh, so happy to bring it home for Clemson. You know, it's a it's a strange season. Everybody knew that the split year. It's something that I believe you guys have been fighting for, though, as coaches. And COVID nineteen will at least provide us a, a bit of a, a sample or a resume, if you will, of what it could look like in the future. Uh, from that standpoint, how was it navigating a conference season, COVID nineteen classes? And everything by, by comparison to to really any time you've coached in your career. Well, it's it's like no other time I've coached in my career, right? and I think that anybody who's living and working and working with young people, uh, you know, whether it's teachers in school or coaches or anybody, it, it's it's like nothing we've ever dealt with, and you know. My mom and dad told me when we had kids that there's no playbook for parenting. Well, there's no playbook for COVID either. <laughs> you're you're right about that. And I and I will ask you buy-in uh from players whether we're talking about soccer, football, basketball. I mean the sports that these young people are playing, not just at Clemson, but really collectively. Uh, they have to buy in to want to make the, you know, the right decisions and and do the little things, perhaps, to make sure that COVID-19 is mitigated within the program. Um, what did you guys do in particular to make your players more aware of the things they should and shouldn't do? And and where would you rate your buy-in from those guys? Well, the, you don't win championships if you don't get buy-in. Uh, and, you know, we really, and, and I've got to give a lot of credit to our medical staff and, and particularly our trainer, Raz Rezieski, who... You know, he was Debbie Downer all the time, uh, and he hated it. But just keeping them safe and making sure they were wearing their masks. And, and you know, we were celebrating. The guys are dancing in the locker room uh, at North Carolina when we beat Virginia. And he just walked over and turned the music off and said, get your masks on, boys. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you know, there was there there was definitely that piece to it. But, you know, our guys, you know, they, they had to buy in. And, you know, what we did more than anything else, is what we do in 
you know, what we try to do as a value in our program is that it's got to be bigger than yourself. And it's got to be something that, you know, you can't do by yourself. And we just, that's the way we approach COVID, right? If we're going to do this, we got to do it together. And, you know, if one person steps out of line, the rest of the, the team's got to bring them back. And um, that's what's going to happen if someone gets injured, right? It's the next man up. And we can't have people this year in particular going outside the lines. And our guys did a fantastic job, you know. Um, it, it, cohesion of the team is is such a tough thing. It's like a house, you know. It's so hard to build and it's so easy to tear down. And not having stuff like team meals, locker room, uh, you know, film sessions where you can put everybody in the same room. Uh, I mean, all these things are things that build team cohesion. And, you know, I just thought our leadership group did a great job. I thought my staff, uh, assistant coaches, you know, it was just more one-on-one and touch points. And, and you know, it culminated with a really good performance yesterday. Mike Noonan here, Clemson head soccer coach again, the 15th championship for the Clemson Tigers uh, as the Atlantic Coast Conference champions. And part two of their season will come spring. So, Coach, I'm assuming, uh, having not spoken with you about this, that you are in favor of the split season. I don't know that to be a fact. I'll find out momentarily. But with this example that's going to happen this year, do you think we can learn about, I don't know if it's maybe increased viewership, maybe it's better for the players in general with a little rest in between. I mean, what do you expect to get out of the split season here? Well, Lawton, I've been one of the main proponents and have fought for this for about four and a half, five years now. Um, And what it is, is it's in the best interest of the player's health and safety. That's the main thing. Um, you know, our game is not, I mean, players need 72 hours between matches to recover. A lot of people don't understand that our guys run, you know, somewhere between seven and nine miles every game. If you're playing three games a week, which is what we did this past week, that's they're running more than a marathon in a week. And you're not asking a marathon runner to run a marathon every week. Right. So, you know, I mean, it's it's crazy what we're doing with these kids. The college soccer season has not changed since the late 50s, right? And the reason why it was put in the window that it was was so that people could play other sports, right? And play a winter sport, play a spring sport, which is what happened in the 50s. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> those days are over. And we've got to get caught up with the times. and We've got to do what's best in the best interest of our student-athletes. And on a college campus, the other thing it does is you're playing one game a week. You've got no midweek games, which means you don't have midweek travel. We don't travel on charter planes, right? We travel on buses. We're getting home at 4 o'clock in the morning. Guys got to be in class at 8. You know, it, it's just it's just 100 times better for the health and welfare and safety of our players and their development as soccer players. So, you know, we do really well at youth levels around the world. Uh with our youth national teams, but then they get to the age of 18 where other team, other um, countries are continuing that development. And although we're developing, we're really not because what we're doing is all we're doing is play, prepare, rest, play, prepare, rest, play, prepare, rest. There's no training going on during the season, the way that it was. Now you've got an opportunity to be able to, to train a team properly, to develop the players properly in every facet of their life. 
So, yeah, I'm a big proponent. <laughs> Interesting conversation here today with Mike Noonan Clipson, uh, men's soccer coach, a tremendous job here in the fall season, and they'll get things cracked back up. Uh, crank back up in the spring for the second half of the campaign and ultimately hopefully making a run uh, at a national championship. But again, the 15th ACC championship in the program's history, a 2-1 win over number one Pitt. And again, we know it was a shortened season in the fall. We know there were limited teams playing. What blew my mind, though, was yesterday when you guys scored the first goal, Muhammad C with his goal, was the fact that that was the first time this year Pitt had trailed. I mean, that is an unbelievable statistic to me. Uh, and then, in addition to that, you know, they were the number one team in the country. They end up scoring to tie the game. You don't let that phase you. You come back. Uh, you, you get the game-winning goal from your captain, James Brighton, who was substituted in off the header, and you win that thing 2-1. But is that the – I mean, it feels late in the season to have a team that hasn't trailed all year. That was sort of mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, Jay Vinovich up at Pitt has done a really good job putting their program in a place where they were, and he's been building that team for five years. And uh, and it, it, they're a very, very good team. They take nothing away from them. But to be fair, you know, I'm so proud of this team because we beat every team, it, every team almost in the ACC in order to win the championship because, you know, the only teams we didn't play were Boston College who opted out. Notre Dame, Louisville, and Syracuse. And nobody else in the ACC had played that depth. We had to play Wake Forest twice. They're number one in the country. We had to play North Carolina, predominantly one of the strongest teams in the conference. Had to play Virginia. Had to play the best pit team and the number one team in the country again. So I would say we earned it. Absolutely. we earned it. And it was a phenomenal performance. I will say this, too. And a little bit selfishly, you know we're on in the Midlands of South Carolina. Um, Grayson Barber is a former player over in the uh, Lexington uh, Academy Leagues here. The GPS now, I guess, uh, is what they're called. But um, my son plays in that league. And I'll be lying to you if I tell you he was not excited to see one of the former players from this league that he's currently playing in uh, have so much success and Man, what an assist on that goal that he had. And really, uh, Grayson Barber, just a catalyst to a lot of success this year for you guys. Yeah, no question. Grayson Grayson could be our MVP of the season. Um, you know, not only because of his numbers uh, in the attack, uh, you know, assisting and scoring goals, but because he presses and he defends on both sides of the ball so well. You know, so he gives us, you know, creates opportunities, even though it may not be the pass or the shot he creates opportunities for other people with his defending. And so, you know, it's fantastic. And, and again, he keeps taking a step every year, um, you know, in his development. And we're really excited to see. I'm getting, you know, a lot of interest from, you know, the next level talking about Grayson and, and what he's capable of doing and what potential he may be able to do in the, as a professional. Yeah, and I think they'll get on me. Lexington Soccer uh, Association or Academy. I think they changed their name this past year. I know my wife will be – screaming at me, <laughs> Coach Newton, if I don't get it right. But nonetheless, just looking at your team and now getting a little bit of rest in between now and, and the kickoff of the second half of the year, uh, when does that begin for you guys? And, and what will the holidays entail in terms of, uh, you know, obviously coming up Thanksgiving and then the, the Christmas break and, and all of that? Yeah. 
Well, the, the guys will leave campus. Uh, they've been here since, you know, mid-June, and they're chomping a bit to get home and see their loved ones and family because when you have COVID testing three times a week, you can't leave. And so the guys have been here the entire time, uh, did a great job. So they'll leave on Wednesday, late Tuesday, Wednesday, and we won't bring them back until I think like the 5th of January. We'll start training again a week after that when they get in, uh, once they get a week of classes under their belt. And then our first target um, match day will be the first weekend in March. Uh, we'll play eight more games, six within the conference. It looks like the, the ADs have to ratify this tomorrow, um, but it'll be your five divisional games. So we'll go back to not the north-south. We're going to go back to divisions, and you'll play your five divisional games, uh, obviously us in the Atlantic, and then we'll have one crossover game. So each team will have three home and three away games. And then we'll be able to play two out-of-conference games similar to what we did this fall when we played UAB in South Carolina. So uh, that'll be followed by uh, a play-in game where the Atlantic Division winner will play the Coastal Division winner. And then the winner of that game will play us uh, as the ACC champion from the fall for the automatic qualifier into the into the NCAA tournament. He is Clemson head soccer coach Mike Noonan here on Clemson Sports Talk. A couple of more questions for you, Coach. I, I want to ask you about uh, Kamarni Smith, if I can, for just a second, because uh, his length and athleticism uh, and, and really ball control to me is so impressive for a guy his size. And, and I tried to think back, you know, kind of watching Clemson soccer through the years, even back to when I was a student at Clemson, uh, to see a guy with just what, what appears to be the sheer length that he has and doing the things that he does is quite impressive. Yeah, I kept Dabo away from him. Uh, you know, wide receiver <laughs> university wasn't going to get that one. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean, and, and that's, you know, if Kamarni grew up in this country, he'd probably be a wide receiver, right? Um, but fortunately, he grew up in England, uh, and he has all those assets and tools, uh, a really good athlete, uh, got the extra gear. But I think the thing in soccer that really helps him more than anything else is he's so well-balanced. And if you watch the Virginia game to, you know, to score the goal at top pace and just a death chip over the goalkeeper, and then to, to, to get where he got to in order to draw the penalty kick, not many players can do that. And, you know, he was walking a tightrope and, and uh, had to get fouled and, you know, and Pepe stepped up, stepped up, scored the penalty and we were on to the finals. Oh, Marty has been, uh, he's been special. Yeah, he is. He is so impressive to watch, and his athleticism just jumps off the page. And finally, Coach, if I don't ask you about this one, my sister will come and hit me because we've known this young man uh, his entire life, really, uh, Isaiah Reed. And I, I know he's a sub for you guys right now, still a young, uh, up-and-coming prospect. But, you know, get some minutes there uh, intermittently to really help out this team. Uh, how has he done in his development, and, and what do you expect to see from him once you guys get to the spring portion of the calendar? Yeah, I, I, Isaiah, you know, had a slow start because, uh, unfortunately, you know, he, he got sick and, and uh, so had to go through all the protocols and everything else. So, you know, it was a slower start. And he started coming into it, as you saw at the at the end. And so we're really hopeful for him in the spring. Uh, the great part about Isaiah is he can play left back. He can play left side of midfield. He can play left wing, uh, you know, and he can play off to the right-hand side and come in on his left foot in the attack. But he's got an extra gear. It's really funny because he's just like Kamarni in a lot of ways. Uh, but, uh, 
you know, I think he probably strikes the ball better and crosses the ball a little better than Kamarni. Uh, but he's got, uh, you know, he's been learning and he's been learning and, and understudying one of the best players in the country. So we're, we're looking forward to uh, Isaiah's continued development. And, you know, the best part about Isaiah is, is his personality. You know, he's, he's just a really, really humble, good kid. And uh, we're excited that he's wearing orange. It is a very young Clemson soccer team, but they are champions today. They win the Atlantic Coast Conference Championship 2-1 over number one ranked Pittsburgh on Sunday. Mike Noonan here on the show, his second championship in the Atlantic Coast Conference at Clemson. Mike, continued success. You guys are running a fantastic program. I know everybody is excited about the future, and uh, rest assured they'll be tuning in in the spring to see what you guys have to offer. Well, great. Thanks a lot, and we appreciate you having us on. Again, Mike Noonan here on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. Great opportunity to catch up with him, and they finished number one in the uh, in the fall, so they were ranked earlier today as the number one ranked team uh, in the country, beating Pittsburgh, who dropped to number two. Again, they were 1-2 in that matchup in the ACC tournament. 803-450-0086. Like, share, and subscribe to all those things. Head over to ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Uh, where Dabo Sweeney was a bit hot and bothered last night on his call-in show. Uh, he was asked about what happened at Florida State. He said, and I quote, I don't give a crap what they say. Uh, he's he's fed up, and he got some comments on it or some questions on it today from members of the media, uh, national media, I should say, about what happened at Florida State. And again, uh, the opinion piece I wrote yesterday spells out exactly why he's 100% right about why that game should have been played. I, you know what? I personally, I don't give a crap what Florida State has to say about it. I'll be honest with you, because the truth lies in what took place is no different than anything else that's taken place all year. And the thing that gets glossed over so many times by Florida State fans and, and people who cover Florida State is Clemson offered to play that game Saturday night. They offered to play that game on Sunday. They offered to play that game on Monday. Clemson had no interest in spending $300,000 to go to Tallahassee and not play a game. So, yeah, I, I'm tired of Coach Sweeney having to talk about it. But let's be real. It is what it is, and I don't care what Andy Staples has to write about it either. Florida State ducked Clemson this weekend, period, end of sentence. It's just what it was. Play the game. Yes, that is a VCR over here. You're, looking, you're like, well, what is that? Is that a VCR? Yes. Do you know what VCR sell for? Holy smokes. Don't look. Don't look. <laughs> that's a that's a uh, classic VCR. I have been converting cassette tapes <laughs> to video. Yeah, that's an old VCR I've had for years. Didn't expect it to be in the picture, but there it is. 803-450-0086. You got comments, questions, thoughts, concerns. We'll hear from Dabo Sweeney coming up in hour number two. Mike Yuba joins us. A little South Carolina football talk as we peek over the fence into the backyard of the Gamecocks for a few minutes. Luke Doty this Saturday. Looking pretty good for South Carolina, the freshman. But the problem is, what happens to the depth at quarterback for the Gamecocks? And can they hold on to some of the top-tier recruits that they've got? Gunnar Stockman, I believe, one of those 
uh, currently committed the five-star quarterback. So we'll see what happens. All the transition in Columbia, we'll find out what Mike Yuva's got uh, on that front now. We're number two. When we come back, we'll hear from Dabo Sweeney on the show that shakes the Southland. Stay with us. Stay with us. You're listening to Clemson Sports Talk with my dad, Law and Swan, on Fox Sports Radio 1400 and on the iHeartRadio app. Little programming note for you here on the show that shakes the Southland. We're off the rest of the week. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoy it with your family. Watch a little football. Take it all in. Hopefully you'll watch a little Clemson football this weekend. Probably not. We'll have our predictions up over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Like, share, and subscribe. Do all those things. Tell your friends and neighbors uh, and your friends' neighbors about our program. We'd love to have you join us and be a part of uh, everything we do here for two hours a day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 in the middle and 6 to 8 in the PD and the Low Country. Full coverage of your Tigers over on our website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com, where we got that price right. I believe we don't do a ton of discounts. A lot of, I see a lot of sites like half off, pay a buck for a year. Like, listen, when's the last time you drove by a, a fancy restaurant? They said, come in, all you can eat for a dollar. It doesn't happen. doesn't happen. You know where I go to the places where things stay smooth, people they stay level. $63.17. That's right. You heard me. 63.17. So you could continue to peek over the fence at the best radio show in the nation. The late, great Cleveland man. Just 18 cents a day, essentially, to be a part of it. Five twenty-five a month. That's like one Big Mac combo. Actually, less. Big Macs have gone up. But our price has not. $63.17. We'd love to have you join us. Support us. It's a great deal by comparison because it's nine ninety-nine a month. You know, to do the whole year, that's what, $10 times 12, roughly 120 I mean, it's almost half off all year. If you just do the flat rate, we'd love to have you come in. we got a lot of people that support us at $9.99. Believe me, we love that. We appreciate that. But we'd also love to have you come in uh, at 63.17, post in the forums, help us continue to grow. All right, Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers will take on the Pitt Panthers inside Death Valley. And the last time Pitt waltzed in, they waltzed out 43-42. With a victory, the last team to waltz into Death Valley and escape with a victory. Coach Sweeney was uh, asked to give some of his opening remarks earlier today. Here's a little segment of Coach Sweeney on the show that shakes the Southland. Uh, we're excited about uh, getting back home and, and uh, playing a, a tough pit team. Hard to believe this is that this is uh, you know Thanksgiving. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, so happy Happy Thanksgiving, everyone out there. Uh, you know, unbelievable that that we've. Uh, the season has gone by, seems, you know, really, really fast, and uh, especially, uh, you know, for our seniors. So uh, senior day for us, always a special day uh, in our program, and uh, really proud of, of this senior group. Amazing uh, what they've been able to accomplish uh, in their four and five years here. So and I'm sure we'll have a couple juniors that 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 uh, will not be back as well. So uh, several guys playing their last game here at home. And uh, excited for them. Uh, this senior class has has a chance to be the first undefeated class ever uh, here at Clemson. Uh, so you know, pretty pretty unique opportunity for them. And, uh, uh, and then Military Appreciation Day always always a really really special day uh, here at Clemson. I don't think anybody does it better. Uh, you know, we have a great military heritage here and, and a lot of uh, you know tradition uh, when it comes to that. 
we have a ton of uh, players whose families uh, are involved or have been involved in the military. So just a great day, really looking forward to it. Uh, I know our crowd will be excited, 3.30 game, and uh, you know, ready to see the Tigers play. But uh, Pitt's a good football team. You know, they were uh, a lot of people had them ranked really high early in the season, and and when you watch them, you see why uh, they're five and four, uh, but they easily are seven two team, eight one team. Uh, had two one point losses, uh, one of them really literally, uh, you know, just kind of a, a fluky deal. But uh, they're first in the country in, in tackles for loss. They're second in the country in sacks. Uh, you know, a fun team to watch on tape, to be honest with you, because they, they really play the game uh, the way I think it should be played. You know, physical, tough, uh, great effort, aggressiveness. Uh, that's how they play. And uh, I think that's a reflection of, of uh, 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 Pat. Man, he does a great job with them and getting them ready. And and uh, I know we'll have our, our hands full with this group. Defensive line-wise, they're really, really good. Uh, you know, this is two of the best defensive ends we'll see all year. Uh, twitchy, quick guys inside, uh, challenge you in this on the back seven. I mean, they're in your face. A lot of a lot of tight coverage. Uh, always are going to have somebody. They're 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 built to stop the run. They're always going to outnumber you. Uh, so you got to be creative with with your run game, and you got to you got to make plays. Uh, you got to make some competitive plays because uh, that's otherwise you're going to have a you're going to have a long day. But uh, do a really good job. Well coached. Uh, really understand their scheme. And uh, like I said, they play uh, with an effort uh, that, as a coach, I got a lot of respect for. So, Dabo Sweeney there talking about the Pitt Panthers here on the show that shakes the Southland. We'll hear from Dabo uh, a little bit later in the program as well as he kind of gets taken back into uh, Florida State. But I, I want to clarify a couple of things. One, when, when Coach Sweeney talks about the undefeated team in the Clemson's history, he's talking about, the first ever undefeated home team. This team is attempting to go 27-0 at home. They're currently 26-0 uh, during uh, their tenure there in Tigertown. And, you know, it will extend the current winning streak at home, obviously uh, winning their 28th consecutive home game, which, you know, you date it back to ironically facing Pittsburgh back in 2016, that 43-42 loss right at the end of the ball game. You know, Clemson had a chance to win that game, too, and just didn't do it. Had some poor play calling, in my opinion, down in the red zone. Uh, if they pull this off, uh, this will be, let's see, Clemson's first class to go undefeated in Death Valley since it opened in 1942 and can become the first FBS senior class to post a perfect career home record since 2010 when Boise State's team went 26-0 in Oklahoma went 25-0 at home during that same timeline. Also of note, another pretty neat thing that goes along with this and kind of ties this 2020 year back to 1918 in the Spanish flu season. You know, when Clemson steps on the gridiron this Saturday, it will have been 21 days since they played a game. That's the longest layoff of a regular season game for Clemson. Since 1918, when they had a 28 game or 28 day layoff uh, in between the Georgia Tech and the South Carolina game back in 1918, so kind of wild uh, on that front. Uh, absolutely, Tiger fans are frustrated by what happened this past Saturday. 
The national media has yet to move on from it. We've certainly written and spoken our parts. I told you yesterday, don't come at me with, oh, you don't care about COVID, Swanee. Dude, I am the COVIDiest of the COVIDian uh, concernians. I am more concerned about COVID than most. I finally, I still have not eaten in a restaurant since March, but I finally ate at a restaurant outside this weekend. So there, stay with us. Indeed, it is the show that shakes the Southland on the Tuesday, our final episode of the week. Just a little programming. I'll try to I'll try to remember that over and over and over. The website will be available at ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Liking the new chair. Hope the audio is still good. I, I don't know if I could sit in this thing year-round. Like, I could if I could really lay back and get loose. But you got to have a little pep so I sit up a little bit, then my back hurts. Man, old, old. Those of you driving, you don't care. You, you can't even see me. Like John Cena. I'm like John Cena for y'all. You can't see me. Like, share, and subscribe. ClemsonSportsTalk.com. All right, so Dabo Sweeney was not excited. <laughs> Safe to say. During his Sunday teleconference, we played some of that audio for you yesterday. Was not excited on this Clemson call-in show last night. Still not excited when asked about Florida State and what took place. Now, I, I want you to remember, in between... Saturday and Dabo Sweeney's teleconference, or excuse me, call-in show on Monday in his weekly press conference today, in between now and then, Mike Norvell, Florida State head coach, spoke and, you know, had some things to say about whether or not, you know, coaches, you know, they're coaches and not doctors and took a couple of shots at Dabo Sweeney. Let's just say Dabo Sweeney, uh, return serve today to a degree. I am going to play the questions, though, because I want you to hear all this in, in, in context. Because it's easy for me to say, well, Dabo Sweeney was asked this, when in reality, this is exactly what he was asked. So this is Andrea Adelson from ESPN. The follow-up is going to come from Dennis Dodd, CBS, two national writers covering Clemson. Here we go. Dabo, it's uh, Andrea Adelson with ESPN. You were on the ACC um coaches coronavirus subcommittee um back in august i'm just curious um if there were concerns about a situation like what unfolded this past weekend what happened based on the protocols that were put in place and if there's anything that can be done to avoid another situation like this from happening you have to take that up with the league i know what the rules are i know what they were <laughs> so and i know we met the standard to play this past week um uh, and and we didn't play so we've played nine, we, we, we've played, you know, eight games. So we haven't had any issues all year. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, it, uh, the, what, what was supposed to cancel a game, uh, you know, changed on Saturday. So you have to ask somebody else other than me. Uh, I, all I can tell you is, you know, what, uh, what we talked about. Dabo, that being the case, this is Dennis Dobb from CBS Sports. That being the case, if you met the standard, what motivation would the Florida State administration have for what you say forfeiting the game? I have no idea. I mean, I mean, they said what they said, and we said what we said. We obviously don't agree. That's why it was, a, you know, that was why it was very clearly stated that the medical groups did not agree. And uh, you know, so 
our medic. I trust. I trust our medical people here. It, it's one thing not to agree. You, you've alleged that they. You basically said they wanted to forfeit the game. Could you go? No, I didn't say. That, I didn't say they. Wa- I didn't say they wanted to forfeit the game. Y'all, y'all don't listen. I didn't say they wanted to forfeit the game. I said it should be a forfeit. I didn't say they wanted to forfeit the game. Big difference. Uh-huh. I said they. It should be a forfeit because we Why? met the standard to play. And we even offered to play Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So in my opinion, we, we, we did everything we could. Our medical group was 1,000% on board with playing the game. So, you know, and, and again, I felt like, you know, I trust our people here. I have no reason not to. They've done an amazing job, amazing job. So I, I didn't say they – I said they, it should be a forfeit. I didn't say they wanted to forfeit. Big difference. WYS, real quick, is there, because of what happened this weekend, is there any thought to changing the standards or protocols in place based on how FSU reacted, or is everything going to still be the same for you guys? All we can do is follow the guidelines like we've done. (laughs) We've we've followed every guideline you can have. So, I I, I mean, I just coach the team. I don't come up with the guidelines. We just follow what's been put in place like we have all year. There you go, Dabo Sweeney. So, uh, again, you heard in three questions. I forgot about the gentleman, uh, Brad, I think it was from WYFF up in the upstate. But, again, that's all you can do. Like, if the ACC's protocol stated, hey, you got to have eight footballs to be able to play. And most teams rolled up with 12. But Clemson rolled up with nine, or even eight. And let's say you roll it with eight. And one of them had a hole in it. Yes or no, did you roll up with, with did you roll up with enough footballs? Well, I mean, you, you had seven that were inflated and one that had a hole in it. Last time I checked, seven inflated, one with a hole. That's still eight footballs. And if if you're allowed to say, well, we're not going to use that that football that's not inflated. We're not going to worry about it. We'll just play with the seven we got, but we brought eight. Oh no! Whoa, 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 whoa! Clearly, you got to have you got to have you got to have eight footballs. We do, but this one we we're not going to use because uh, it tested positive for COVID. We got enough players. 149 of us tested negative. Let's rock and roll. No, no, whoa, 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 but that one. What are you talking about, Florida State? In the midst of a pandemic, we're trying to play a football game. What are you talking about, Florida State? And it did not end there, by the way. I thought that we were going to get over the Florida State hump at that point during the press conference earlier today. We did not. So when he does get asked a question about Florida State, uh, in just a, a little bit as well. But I do think we might have time. Ah, going to be tight on it. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll hold this one too. Uh, Sweeney, when we get back, was asked about, you know, the players. There's only a handful of players who are, are on this team that were a part of that team that was defeated by Pitt back in 2016 on route to Clemson's first national title under Dabo Sweeney. And whether or not they talk about the streak and, and what this team's really been able to accomplish uh, as a program in four years at home, potentially becoming the first team 
in Clemson history to go undefeated at home and the first team in college football to go undefeated at home since Boise State and Oklahoma went undefeated at home during a four-year period 10 years ago. So it is a, a rare, rare thing uh, that could take place on Saturday in Death Valley. We hit a break. We bounce back. We'll hear Dabo Sweeney's answer to that question next. Let's go, let's go. The show, the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. Love this one with you. Like, share, and subscribe. All right, let's see what you guys had to say. I, I, I've, I've given up your uh, comments. Josh says, congratulations to the Clemson men's soccer team. That's right, the ACC champions. Josh, thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, look, you can comment. You can do all that. You can share, like, and subscribe. Help us get it up, up, up. Yesterday, man, we were closing in on that. I, I think at one point during the show, we had 60-some-odd people uh, across multiple platforms watching and consistently throughout the show yesterday, over 40-plus people streaming it. That is, a, uh, that is a rare, rare number. We are so thankful for it. So host a watch party. Tell your Tiger buddies. That's the other thing, too. Like, we have a Clemson Sports Talk page on Facebook. Like, I- I- invite your friends. Invite your friends. Like, I can't figure out. Some of these Clemson sites have 200,000 Tiger fans. Do they give you two hours of Clemson programming every day? Hmm, man, Swanee, you know, you, you've got something. Don't! Yeah, you're all over it. They don't. We do. Like, share, and subscribe. All right, so Dabo Sweeney was asked about this home streak again, uh, a, a rare opportunity for Clemson to do something that hadn't been done in, in a decade, which is an undefeated career, four seasons at home. Uh, Big Trev, the giant killer, back in the fold. Here's what Coach Sweeney had to say about it. Yeah, we, we honestly, we don't really spend a lot of time talking about In fact, we hadn't talked about it once, uh, you know, all year as far as a home streak, uh, uh, whatever. Uh, we just take pride in, 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 in when, we're, when we're here. I mean, I think, again, you have to – if you're going to be a great team, you got to be great from the inside out. And so you got to be a great home team before you become a great road team. And, uh, you know, that's – we just take a lot of pride anytime, you know, we get the, the privilege of playing uh, here at home. And, uh, yeah, it is different this year. I mean, it's we're, we're, it's not the same type of environment that we're accustomed to, but it's still been awesome. I mean, our fans have been great, done an awesome job. And, you know, we just take pride in, in, in winning, trying to find a ways to win game, regardless of where we play. But, but certainly here at home, um, you want to do a great job in front of your home folks. Dabo Sweeney was also asked about senior day and and also the fact, you know, this is a unique senior day because you've got guys, let's say like a Christian Wilkins in the past who have run down the hill as juniors only to return and come back as seniors. But this year due to COVID-19's set up and guidelines, every player from Trevor Lawrence to Travis Etienne to Will Sweeney uh, is allowed to return for another year if they choose to. Every single guy. There is no consequence for playing this year. It is one of the, the biggest benefits that we've ever seen uh, for schools like Clemson, in my opinion, from a, a depth standpoint. A guy like Nolan Turner, who would never have the opportunity to return, can now return if he chooses to. 
And what's great about it more than anything, to me, in my opinion, if you're a guy like Nolan Turner, who probably his 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 playing days are going to end, he's probably not going to play professionally. If you love this sport, you only get a limited amount of time to play it anyway. Why not play another year? This this is it. It, it, it. You might be off to the coaching. You might be off to business. Play another year. Here's what Coach Sweeney had to say about senior day and sort of what that might look like. Uh, I have, of course, I've had those conversations, and I do uh, expect uh, several of these guys to come back and, and super excited about that. You know, I mean, we've got some that I think, you know, have already made that decision uh, that we, you know, they already know they're coming back and, and they're not going to, you know, come down the hill for like their last time. But we do have a few that still aren't 100%. They're kind of leaning to coming back. But, you know, uh, we want to go ahead and honor them, uh, kind of like we did Christian Wilkins, if you remember. You know, he was a senior graduate already, and he wasn't 100% sure if he was coming back. And so we went ahead and honored him as a senior. And, and then, you know, as we all know, he decided to come back. Um, so we got a few of those guys, three or four, that I think are kind of leaning to maybe coming back that we will go ahead and honor because they're just not 100%. But we'll see. Uh, so... You know, again, that's another, you know, one of those silver linings, uh, you know, that, that for some of these guys, I think will be an opportunity for, for them to uh, even better position themselves uh, for the next level. Is, it, is there any names that you can share on that? And also, how, how do you guys plan to address sort of the roster crunch that will inevitably follow this, whether it's not next year, but the year after or beyond? Yeah, well, this year doesn't, there's no crunch this year because, you know, None of these guys count against you. Any senior that comes back this year, none of them count against you. Uh, as far as moving forward, um, you know, I don't think it's – I think it's still what – you know, right now, if, if uh, you know, whatever, whoever's on the roster this year, eventually they're going to have that choice. And if, and if they come back, you will have to count them in the 85. Now, I do think, uh, according to our compliance, that there's some conversation of, of not having to count those guys, you know, until this, until this roster, you know um, – you know, graduates out of here, but you know, uh, we'll just have to cross those bridges when we come to it. Uh, you know, but it's really to me, it's more the 22 class that I think is probably the most affected right now, looking at our roster. But um, you know, I mean, I still think it was the right thing to do. And no, I'm no, I'm not I'm not going to get any names or any of that, my guys. You know, that's those are private conversations, and like I said, there's a few of them that. Y'all will probably figure out that have already decided they're coming back, and, and, and there's some others that just hadn't made that decision yet that I think will come back. So it'll be an interesting day on Saturday in Death Valley because there will potentially be several players who will not run down the hill that you would expect as a senior that would. You'll go, oh, okay, that guy's returning. That guy, that guy's most likely coming back. 803-450-0086. You can text us. Mike Yuva coming up in hour number two. We'll also hear some more from Dabo Sweeney. He talked about Trevor Lawrence raising the bar at Clemson and some more comments uh, from Sweeney on the situation at Florida State. Again, a juicy, juicy article. That's right. Go check it out, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. The opinion piece we put together about why Dabo Sweeney uh, was 100% right. How dare you? Facts. That's how I dare. Facts, Florida State. 
Don't come at me. Don't come at me with that nonsense. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, possibly, but I'm right. Hour two, stay with us. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanny. Hour number two, that's drop time right here on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Hall Lawton Swan. We did John in Archdale says, Swanee, why are you not streaming on YouTube? You know, John, it's weird. I had to pick Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and I've got the embed right now being Twitch. I'll tell you what I will do. I, I will switch it back. Uh, I will switch it back, the embed over on Clemson Sports Talk, to the YouTube channel, and, and hopefully I can get off of that, and we don't have to worry about it. Mike Yuba, though, watch Fox 57 in the Midlands ahead of the holidays. Mike, big guy, I hope you're feeling well, brother. I, I know you posted on social media that uh, you actually uh, contracted COVID-19, man. Are you feeling okay? I'm doing all right. Appreciate you asking, Swanee. Uh, no smell, no taste, so. No village idiot pieces for me for quite some time, but it was one of those things I wasn't planning on, on saying anything publicly about it. I was going to kind of just, you know, keep to myself in quarantine, but got a couple of people asking me why I wasn't at the game reporting instead of reporting from my couch. Um, so I was one of the couch coaches, as Nick Muse would point out, you could say last <laughs> week. Um, but, uh, you know, we're doing, we're doing all right, you know, just, just hanging in there. So, so walk, walk me through early symptoms temperature um and and what it's been like to not have smell and taste it's one of the weirdest things i mean I, so so for me for me and i you know i don't want to get myself in trouble with work but you know bottom line is there was someone that took a test that was negative but then a couple of days later they took a test again because they started to feel a little crappy and it came back positive so i was around that that person gotcha. and you know for me for me uh, when I started to experience the symptoms, I got the fever, the chills, all that. It hit me like an absolute, you know, like, like a, like a Mack truck. I mean, it hit me hard. And I guess you could say it's, it's similar in a sense with like the flu, but when it hits you and everyone else, obviously, you know, people handle this or, or at least they react to it differently. Um, but in terms of the symptoms outside of that, that evening, probably Thursday night, I started to lose the taste. And I had some banana pudding from a barbecue place, and I said, I better enjoy this right now because I'm not going to be able to taste <laughs> anything probably for the next wow. couple of days. Uh, hopefully, it's not going to be longer than that. But I enjoyed that banana pudding, and that's the very last thing I remember tasting. So uh, it's just weird. You can't smell anything. You can't taste anything. Um, you know, I had a, something from Taco Bell, and you know like what it's supposed to taste like, but there's just no taste. It's just it's really, really strange. Yeah, that would be that would be awkward. So, uh, kind of an odd thing before we talk about the South Carolina Gamecocks. I mean, ironically, the week that you uh, contract COVID nineteen, Clemson and Florida State don't play because of one huh. incident of COVID nineteen on the Clemson team. The tests are given on Friday. 
Clemson's already traveled to Tallahassee, or they travel that Friday, you know, after they take the test. The results don't come back in until Saturday morning. Mike, for me, I just sit here dumbfounded because, like Dabo Sweeney has said from the get-go, the reason they tested on Friday was because they did not want players who they knew were positive to play. There is no 100% option. You can, Even if you tested on Saturday, there's no guarantee that somebody doesn't turn COVID-19 positive before kickoff. I've been waiting to come on this show to talk about this, and I promise you, this is I, I had this opinion regardless of what I'm going through right now. I promise you. I'm going to... And with people, I understand people are loyal to not just Dabo, but when it comes to any of their college coaches, I understand. Unless it's Will Muschamp. I mean, you can just go back and check Twitter to see how Gamecock fans have felt about him in the recent weeks. <laughs> but yeah. with that being said, with that being said, I agree 1,000% that Dabo Sweeney should be upset that they went down there, they traveled, they did everything they were supposed to in terms of the testing. I understand that, and there was no game play. So as a football coach, you're upset for your team, you're coming off a bye week, you haven't been able to play, obviously, because of because you're coming off a bye. On top of that, you're coming off a loss. I understand that. The thing that has bothered me with Dabo is, to me, I feel like it's coming from he's trying to use this as a us-against-the-world kind of mentality because we've seen not just him, we've seen other coaches use kind of approaches like this. Okay. But I just don't think the thing to use right now, and the reason being is, Clemson had more than 30 players, including the quarterback, test positive for COVID-19 earlier this year. They traveled with the player who tested positive for corona on Friday night. Where does Dabo get off being upset that Florida State didn't want to play? You know, so, so but my, my point being is I understand he's upset about the whole no game. But realize, realize you had someone showing symptoms throughout the week. And even though the things were coming back negative, like I just said with my case, my situation, person I was around was negative. God forbid, and, and like I said, unfortunately, Clemson has had a track record this year with Corona. If I'm Florida State, can you get upset in terms for, for them not wanting to play? So I just think, look, Dabble, I get it. You're upset that you didn't play. But just you sound like a boob right now, man. Just stop. Just stop. So All your right? argument, State- Mike, let me, let me get this right. So your argument would be that a symptomatic player on Monday and Tuesday who tested negative on Monday and Tuesday was not symptomatic on Wednesday and Thursday and tested negative on Wednesday and Thursday should just not travel. Because Correct. I mean, is that, is that essentially what you're saying? Like the, 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 you know, the, the, the way to appropriately handle COVID in your opinion is forget the test and whether they're positive or negative. Well, excuse me, in this case, negative but go off of if a guy had a symptom or something at some point in the week, that guy shouldn't travel. I believe so. And the reason why is because some of this stuff, and like I said, I'm learning more about this stuff. Yeah, because look, more. I'm willing to have that debate with somebody. If if people want to debate yeah. whether or not a player who had a symptom at some point along the week should or shouldn't go, I can I can debate that. Where, where I, I think I've had some issues with people online is, is that, Either and Davos when he said this, and I wrote it. You can go find my timeline. You know this, Mike. You can find it on my timeline. Yeah. I tweeted it after the game or before the game. I said, you know, either you trust the test or you don't. Either you trust that the 150 people who tested negative are negative, and the one guy is positive, or or you don't trust it. And I think Nick Saban 
the fact that he had a positive that turned out to be uh, a, a false positive. Now, Clemson's situation doesn't seem to be that way right now. Uh, kind of makes me even more so frustrated by the fact that they didn't play because you weren't certain that he was a positive anyway. Correct. And I think and I think this is this is the challenging part about it because especially now that we're getting into, you know, I know it's called flu season, but you know, you're gonna start to see people just have basic coughs. I mean, think about it. How many times at this time of the year would you just have a cough just because of, of the seasons changing right. with the weather? That's that's one of the challenging parts of it. But like I said earlier, in, in terms of just and I, I don't like to do like the whole like, okay, I played, you know, high school football or the the rec the rec hockey guy. But with my situation, being around someone that had symptoms, but they showed they took a negative test earlier, but then they came back and it was positive. Okay. So I think with this, and I look at it, and this, and this is this is how I look at it. I try to look at it from a fair perspective. If I'm, if floor, if 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 the rules were reversed here, and this happened to Florida State, and they played this game, and Clemson got, and let's say Clemson players got sick. Now, of course, we know that their star player had it a couple of weeks ago, but in terms of, you know, it could be Travis Etienne, could be anyone, right? And you're going on a run right now that you need to be able to be as 100% full with your starters that you can be right now because you need to be able to make it to that conference championship game. God forbid that happened the other way around gotcha. and Travis Etienne went out. You know, I would be absolutely livid if I was Dabo Swinney. So, I would be absolutely livid. If it, so that's the way I try to look at it is if, you know, Florida State, what are they really playing for? We're not playing for anything. But if that had happened the other way around, I'd be absolutely kicked off. And I'm trying to keep it PG here. If I was Clemson and Florida State had played a game and they knew there was someone on the team that was showing symptoms throughout the week. So if Florida State came to Clemson, okay, listen, Tiger fans, because this is a reasonable argument here that Mike's put forth. Florida State comes to Clemson. They've got a kid that tests positive. They're not going to play him. They send him back to Tallahassee, but he made the trip. He had symptoms earlier in the week. Would you want to play the game in Death Valley? Now, it definitely puts the shoe on the other foot. I would say, well, if everybody else tests the negative, let's rock and roll. Because, again, I don't know yep. who's positive and who's not and who's a false positive and who's a false negative anyway. Uh, and, but, but that's just me. Should Florida State have reimbursed Clemson for the travel? That's that's gonna be that's gonna be a great conversation, um, and and I don't know. Look, I don't know the because every conference has different protocols in place. I think the ACC definitely needs to be looking into it. Do I feel like like I, and like I said, I, I just want to be clear about where I'm coming from with a lot of this. Dabo Sweeney has every right in the world to be upset that his team went down there. They paid X amount of money, a lot of money, to be able to go down there. I understand they're upset that they didn't play. The ACC should definitely have to step in and be able to, um, to, to, to make up some of that money for them because I think that's absolutely ridiculous. They should not have to pay out of their pocket for that, even though, you know, we could talk about, well, you know, Clemson and some of these big universities, they have money. I don't even care that we're in the middle of a pandemic. That's right. not even talking I mean, about you, the money. You just they cut your track program and your yeah. cross-country program. and yep. Yeah, yeah. I'd be delivered. The ACC should be the ones that have to step in. Now, what's not Florida State has to pay? X amount of money, I don't know necessarily just because like I said, I, I can't I can't fault Florida State um, fully for this. And if the game was played on Sunday, you can make the same argument. It's like, well, that player has been around everyone else. So God forbid if they do have it, and I don't want people to think I'm living in this bubble world, even though I have this, 
you're not living in a bubble world. It's the reality. It's a possibility that you could get it. But I'm just saying, I, I, if, if the roles were reversed, and God forbid one of your star or a couple star players for Clemson has it, as you make this run of making it back to the ACC championship, a game that you need to get into in order to be able to have a chance to make it back to the college football playoff. And, but, and if that happened and, and you had a player or two that has to miss a game because of uh, having to be in quarantine, I'd be absolutely livid. So I think, you know, you just got to look at it from both perspectives, even though it's very difficult sometimes to do when you have scenarios like this. Mike Uva on Twitter, uh, at Mike underscore UVA, with us every Tuesday afternoon as we get set for uh, the Thanksgiving holidays again, chatting it up about COVID-19, Clemson University, Florida State, that game. I think Mike and I are on different sides of this at the end of the day, but that's all right. We can agree to disagree. Uh, I'm more of a, hey, here's what the test said. And here, hey, Mike, and I'm going to tell you, this is coming from a guy, by the way. Mike, you know when the last time I went in a restaurant was? March. Do you know when the last time I, I had a fork in my mouth from a restaurant that was not at my house? This past Saturday, we ate outside at a restaurant. I, it's the first time I've eaten at a restaurant since March, as a matter of fact. So I am the avoiding the covid 19 of us all. But I, I just I feel like I, the test, I, you know, I trust the test. Yeah, and I and I and, and trust me. When I say trust me. It's, it's funny to say trust the test. <laughs> I, I, do, I do trust the test. I think I think the unfortunate part about this is, like I said, we're getting into cold seasons. So how does and I'm not a doctor, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in Tallahassee would tell you right now, Dabo's not a doctor. None of us are really doctors right. unless you are a doctor. But I think the unfortunate part of this is we're going into cold season, and we're just going to start to see things that unfortunately are going to start flagging, and you know, there's going to be more. There's going to be more people trying to be a little bit more cautious. And like I said before, there's nothing wrong with being cautious. But at the same time, too, what I'm more concerned about is if you have a player that could be a star player, could be an impact player, and maybe he's not even going to be an impact player, especially the impact guys. And he has to go out there and he's around someone that showed symptoms, but it's just like, oh, that could be just a cold. And they're playing for the other team. And they give it to one of your star players, and that makes a difference of why either Clemson doesn't make it to the ACC championship game or make it to the playoffs, I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see guys not have opportunities to be able to help their team be able to make it to a, to a playoff game because they were, you know, they we were going out there. We kind of just let our guard down a little bit because, oh, that's symptom. Oh, that's not. That's just a basic cold. That, that's where I'm coming from. One listener, uh, Bent Zero, chiming in, does point out, he says, you got to remind Mike there's been no documented cases of transmission on the field. I will agree. I don't know how you would check where any transmission takes place anyway, but I, I will agree that that has been a topic that's been out there. I won't make you defend that stance, Mike, but I do want to ask you about the South Carolina Gamecocks before you go. Uh, look, last Saturday, not the result they wanted with Mike Bobo's debut, but I did get the feeling watching Luke Doty in the second half for South Carolina that not only did he bring a bit of a spark to that offense, he's a very athletic young man, but it even felt like defensively there was more energy from that team uh, with that young man at quarterback on both sides of the ball, in my estimation. It's funny you mentioned the word energy because talking with Luke Doty today, and I, and I said that, correct, talking with Luke Doty. Now that, Mike, now that Mike Bobo is the interim head coach, he's letting us speak to freshmen, which, oh, thank God. I mean, because could you imagine who – I want to I listen to him. It's great. You know, that was a must-champ rule, which is, of course – is a saving rule that he got from you know even Coach if they Andy play, Saban, Mike? but even if they play, yeah, 
Even if they played, wow. think of it this way. Jake Bentley, when Jake Bentley came in as the freshman quarterback, his true freshman year midway through his first game against UMass, and then they led him to a bowl game, uh, the Birmingham Bowl, the very exciting Birmingham Bowl. I'm sure Clemson fans, they know so much about. Uh, of course, a joke because they don't play in garbage right. bowls like that. But right. uh, being able to have Bentley, you weren't able to talk to him because that was just the rule. So being able to have Doty, he spoke after the game, he spoke today. Two times a freshman has spoken the last, what, 72 hours, whatever the timeline would be. That's the most we've heard from any freshman under the Muschamp era. But anyway, being able to talk to him today, he mentioned there's just more energy out there, more energy in the dining hall, more energy in the practice field. There's just more sense of energy. But the interesting thing about Doty, and we'll never know this, uh, because I don't think Bobo will ever tell us, if Shai Smith doesn't go down in the first half, and Shai Smith is doubtful this week, according to Bobo, with a concussion, I don't know if Luke Doty gets thrown out there in the third quarter to start the second half. Mm. I just don't. The reasons he threw him out there is just because they had no options at receivers. They're so banged up. Xavier Leggett, he's banged up. They don't have any receiving options. Nick Muse, the tight end, was mainly the, the, main, the go-to guy. Uh, six receptions for over 60-something yards. So with Shai Smith not playing this week, even though they won't officially announce who's starting, they said that Hill and – Doty were going back and forth with reps today and have been. I, I think it's a no-brainer that you have to go with Doty because if you throw Hill out there with no receivers, what, what are you going to what are you going to do? What are you going to expect? You need someone that can at least move around a little bit. So I would be shocked if Doty's not out there. But then again, I would not be shocked because we saw Hill go out there when maybe Holinsky should have, even though the offense really wasn't the issue against the old uh, against Ole Miss. It was defense. But right. yeah, very surprised to see how defense bounced back, especially losing guys like Israel Bukwamu and uh, J.C. Horn, who decided to opt out last week. Mike, I do want to ask you this. What does the future being or look like right now for a guy like uh, Holinsky? Oh, it's, it's a good point. It's a good question. Uh, I think the, if, you're, if you're Holinsky, I feel like you have to see who comes in as the next head coach. Now, you can be able to announce that you're going to transfer I believe the date is December 5th. could be December 6th. I have to double-check that date. Yeah, this year doesn't um, count against him, so he's good there. Yeah, correct. But I think you need to see because for whatever reason, and Bobo has not come out, and I you know, I haven't been told this directly, but you just get this feeling that Bobo's just not a Holinsky guy. He's just not a fan. And, you know, if Bobo decides to come back next year in terms of, excuse me, if Bobo is retained next year, whether there's a new head coach and they want to keep Bobo, because they still have a year left on that contract. So they can be able to bring him back if the new head coach wants him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you want to stick around if you're Holinsky because you already see the writing on the wall. So I think it comes down to who the new head coach is, who are they bringing back in terms of some of that coaching staff? Because if Bobo is not back, if you're Holinsky, why not give it another shot? But at the same time, too, do you want to go through that and potentially set yourself back even a further uh, a, a year of not doing anything? So I think Holinsky definitely has some – some things he has to decide over these next couple weeks. Yeah. But I just don't think we're going to skim for the rest of the season. Mike, we got to be real quick. Like we only got about 45 seconds, so let's yeah. don't stretch it. Um, Gunnar Stockman, he's still committed. Any concerns there about decommitment or re, you know, thinking about that at all? As long as Connor Shaw is still either on staff or working with USC football in some capacity like he was with the player development uh, role that he had, I think that's going to be all right because he plays for his brother. Uh, and he has that just that connection. So he there loves Connor Shaw. His yeah. brother's name's what? Jabo? Is that right? Jabo? 
Yes, sir. Here we go. J-Bo Shaw. Make him the coach. You got J-Bo and Dabo going head-to-head. All right, Mike, be good, buddy. Mike Uval, watch Fox 57 in the Midlands. Does a tremendous job. We hit a break. We bounce back right after this. Thank you to Mike Uva for joining us again. Uh, he's on Twitter at Mike underscore UVA. All right, so uh, Dabo Sweeney, this whole deal with Florida State, all of that, questions, uh, hypotheticals, uh, all of this still exists from what happened Saturday. Um, you know, Mike says, what, what if the shoe was on the other foot? You know, and, and I think in, in, in fairness, because Clemson has so much to lose and Florida State has little to lose, yeah, Florida State's the team that's coming into Death Valley. Maybe you do see it a little bit differently. Maybe you do see it a little bit differently if you weren't on the hook for the three hundred thousand dollars that was spent to go down for the travel expense. Maybe it, maybe it, you know, changes how you feel about it to a degree. I, I do think though, most fans at Clemson want to play. They want to see the games played. That's why these players have worked so hard. Again, if we want to debate whether or not a kid that had a runny nose should be able to travel on. Friday after testing all week long negative and again getting more tests in the standard more tests in the standard you know everybody tests Monday Wednesday Friday that Friday test result doesn't come back till Saturday morning guess what you're playing football at home or on the road doesn't matter Clemson went to Wake Forest guess when that result came in 630 in the morning 7 in the morning it's the way it is So I don't I don't necessarily think that Clemson's wrong for being upset. I don't think Florida State's necessarily wrong for being cautious. Where I think Florida State is wrong is that Clemson offered. This is the part of this that bugs me. This is the crux of the matter. We can talk about whether or not they should have played Saturday at, at noon or not. Dude, Clemson offered the test again and play on Saturday. They offered the test again and play on Sunday. Like at what point do you or excuse me, test on Saturday night, test Saturday, play Saturday night, test Saturday, play Sunday. Test Saturday and Sunday, play Monday. At what point do you go, hey, Florida State, dude, you guys need to to knuckle up and play the game. We're here. We've spent money to get here. Let's just play the game. Because there is no zero option. There's no zero. Like If I could tell you there was a 0% chance anybody could get COVID-19 right now, you know where that person would be? Probably on the moon. There is no zero. There's not a zero when you go to your mailbox. There's not a zero when you go to the grocery store. There's not a zero when you're uh, sitting down in a package of rice from Amazon. There are no 0% options. Your neighbor sneezes and it gets sucked in through your air vent in your house. Boom. COVID. You didn't even leave the house. There are no 0% options. All right, so we'll get a little bit further into this, and then I'll tell you what some of the hypotheticals are. And I really disagree with some of these hypotheticals. But but here's a question about how Big Trev, the giant killer, has raised the bar uh, in Tigertown. Well, I mean, he's just, you know, I mean, I mean, Tosh Boyd was a, a, a great player here and, and left here with 32 wins, when it tied Rodney Williams, winning his quarterback in school history and laid a great foundation, uh, you know, as far as who we are offensively explosive, uh, you know, uh, uh, dynamic quarterbacks. And certainly Deshaun, uh, you know, took us to that next level. 
and uh, you know, it was, it, it, and then Trevor's come in and took us to our first undefeated season national championship. You know, uh, first 15 and 0 team, I should say. But um, you know, so I mean, he, he's just done an awesome job of, of you know, you want you want to you want to uh, feel like you made the place better, and he's done that. And so you know, the standard is set. Uh, by all those guys as far as their love of preparation, their work ethic, their character, their will to win, their leadership, uh, their belief in, in love of Clemson, you know, all those things. So, you know, that's pretty much the standard that, that you know, we expect, uh, you know, from that position. And, you know, I'm really, really excited about the young guys we got on the roster and, and guys we're recruiting. Dabo Sweeney there talking about, Trevor Lawrence, now he changed the dynamic of the program. And, again, he'll go for his 32nd victory this Saturday uh, to tie the all-time mark at Clemson against Pitt. Uh, here is Sweeney asked about, uh, when he was asked about Coach Norvell's comments as well, about uh, coaches not being doctors. I, I mean, we're not doctors. I'm not trying to be a doctor. I just listen to the doctors, you know. Uh, so, you know, listen, I, I'm not really worried much about what they say down there in Tallahassee, uh, that's for sure. You know, I've been in this league 18 years. I've been the head coach here 12. All right. Uh, you know, they've had three head coaches in four years. So decisions that, that they make, uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about advice from Tallahassee. Uh, I trust the people here and uh, I trust our doctors 100%. Not going to trust the advice from Tallahassee. Dabo Swinney there. Uh, yesterday talking about that. And again, you know, the scenarios that are presented in the quote hypotheticals that ESPN put together to talk about this are just absurd. I mean, by comparison, I mean, the the, the one that they give was uh, what if, and I'll give you this hypothetical, I'll read it to you exactly um, as it was written. Think about this scenario. A team comes to play us in the last game of the season, and if we win, we go to the ACC championship, one coach suggested. Suddenly, they decide they have 10 guys who can't play, so they have to cancel the game, which isn't a forfeit. It might put them in the championship game instead. I mean, that's a heck of a hypothetical. But again, for Clemson, if you think about it, had they not have a tiebreaker over Miami, this could be the deal because it was the percentage, the winning percentage. And Clemson, if you only got to play nine conference games versus 10 and Miami went nine and one and you went eight and one. Um, I'll let all you Einsteiners at home punch that in your calculators and figure out who goes to the championship game. I'll tell you who nine and one Miami. Now, as I understand it, because of the tiebreaker in the head to head, it would still be Clemson. Even if the Tigers are eight and one and Miami's nine and one, but in a scenario where you don't play the other team, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. So, again, I, I think that much like replay and much like other things like that, the, the ACC should be the ultimate decision maker. I Look, Clemson followed the protocols. They trusted the test. You want to argue whether or not the player with two negatives should have played, actually four negatives going into Friday should have played or not or traveled. That's one thing. But again, there is no 0% option. There's just not a 0% option. 
That And that's the biggest thing for me. Risk is proportional to many things, according to the ACC's advisory group chairman, Dr. Cameron Wolf. Yeah. And all of it is a risk. It's a risk for Florida State players to walk across campus right now, but they're doing it. The show that shakes the Southland, Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan with you on a Tuesday afternoon, final show of the week. Thankful for a little break, a little respite, a little time away. Thank you for being a part of the show. 803-450-0086, 803-450-0086. That's the text line, that's the phone line. All right. John says, great article on the website, shared it on my social media, and it pro- uh, provoked some good discussion in the comment section. Thank you, John. Thank you for your support, buddy. I do appreciate it, man. You know, it's funny. Writing was never uh, my strong suit by any means. Uh, Don't believe me. Call up any English teacher that I ever had in my illustrious high school and college career. (laughs) I use use the the term illustrious there on purpose. How dare you fill my head with such loathsome propaganda? (laughs) I know. But graduate school... I think it's really where I sharpen the tool a little bit. And 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 now I have found wait for it. Wait for it. I found almost a little passion for it. I almost enjoy the word Smithian uh side of things at times. And so I, I appreciate John and and I don't, because of my schedule, I'll be honest, I don't get to dedicate as much to revision as I would like. But I am grateful to have uh, loyal readers and supporters. So thank you uh, for that, John. That's awesome. Mike says, uh, how do you know if it's the flu or COVID-19? Jeff, uh, excuse me, Jeff asked Mike, how do you know talking about Mike Yuva? Jeff, I... I don't know if your question pertains to Mike Yuva's diagnosis or the symptomatic circumstances we talked about earlier. Mike is right, though. The closer we get to flu season, the more we're going to see cases like this and things like this pop up. And You know, again, at some point, that's why I trust you have to just trust the test. I know the test yield false positives. I understand that. I'm sure it yields false negatives. Uh, but here's a kid who tested again, wait for it, four times before testing positive. And that's why I said from the get-go, you still can't, you still can't assure me, you know, you, you couldn't put your mortgage or a million dollars on, is there, are, are you 100% sure that the symptoms that the symptoms that you saw on Monday and Tuesday were actually COVID-19. Like, you can't you can't tell me that you know that to be a fact. You can't. Just like I can't tell you that I know it's not. But I know what the test said on those days. And if you trust the test on Monday and a Tuesday and on a Wednesday and on Thursday, and boy, Florida State, if you, t- if you trust the test on a Friday when one guy comes through positive, 
then you just have to trust the test. You have to trust that the other 149 people in the traveling party that were negative were all negative. It's called that's why you trust the test. Because you can't prove to me outside of the test, which said negative, all week until Friday, that this young man didn't pick up COVID-19 on Wednesday when he was feeling great while he stopped to pump gas and eat a bag of Cheetos at the grocery store or the gas station, the 7-Eleven. You can't. Like, I'm not asking you for some unreasonable uh, level of expectation uh, and measurement of COVID-19. But that's what Florida State was asking on Friday, or excuse me, on Saturday, and then not being willing to play on Sunday and Monday. And that's why Dabo Sweeney is right. It should have been a forfeit. John says FSU has changed their motto from fear the spear to fear the fear. And John, look, I, I told you yesterday, man, you guys would you guys would call me a coward. I'm not scared of COVID-19. But I, I said this from the get-go. And and you know, and if you had it and you were hospitalized, you know somebody that, that died from it tragically, I mean that that's horrific. And I don't mean to minimize it. Okay. I'm not trying to minimize it. I understand how bad this is. That's why I haven't been in a restaurant since March. That's why I wear a mask every time I go out in public. That's why I said back in March, if they told me to jump on one leg and that would help, I would jump. I'd be the one legginess jumpingest guy you know. Because I believe that the the collective whole, if we do the things that we are asked to do, some of you won't agree with this. Some of you will say you're not going to wear a mask. That's fine. Whatever. That's fine. That's your choice. But I believe that if everybody would collectively do that, we would be in a better place right now. If our whole existence in the United States of America was only going to do what's best for me, we'd have a pretty terrible place to live. Either you trust the test or you don't. If you trusted it on Friday when it was taken, and Saturday when the result came back that that one kid was positive, then why do you not trust the other negatives and are you not willing to play? Because guess what, Florida State? Every negative that you had on Friday that came back on Saturday, all of those negatives, did you trust those? Oh, you did. Oh, you would have played with all negative tests. So how is it different if the positive goes home? It's not, guys. You either trust the test or you don't trust the test. There is no middle ground. There's no, well, I trust the test, but there was a positive, so I'm not going to trust the test. Wrong. You trust it or you don't. And if you don't trust it, then like Dabo Sweeney said, Why have you played it all this year? Because outside of a test to know whether COVID-19 actually exists or if a person has it, you might as well just go around licking handrails. The point is not elimination. And that would be nice to eliminate it. The point is mitigation, which is the goal of having tests to tell you who has COVID and who doesn't. Did I would ask Mike Norvell this, Coach, do you believe that your players who you were going to play Saturday, of those that were tested negative, do you believe those were negative tests? 
Yes. Thank you. I rest my case. The game should have been played with Clemson's negative tested players. Period. End of story. That's how it rocks and rolls. Hour two, or excuse me, final segment around the bend. Stay with us. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win. I mean, look, I know what you're thinking, Swanee. How'd you get to be so smart? I don't know. Uh, It just, it's called logic. And I've got this incredibly moronic thing I do. It's called thinking. (laughs) There's no zero risk, guys. There's not a zero risk tonight while you're, uh, whether you're eating a a lobster or, or, you know, chomping on a chili dog from Sonic. You can get choked and die. There's no zero risk. None. Nowhere. Again, I'm not asking you to go Joey Chestnut and try to down 57 hot dogs in 10 minutes. You probably will die. I'm just telling you, there's, there is no 0% option. It, it boils down to, again, it's so easy, right? Do, yes or no, Mike Norvell. Do you believe that your players who tested negative should be allowed to play? Yes or no? Yes, I do. Great. Can I ask a follow-up question, Coach? Are you certain that uh, your offensive lineman this morning when he was walking, uh, you know, or walking from class yesterday afternoon or whatever, kissed his girlfriend, that he didn't pick up COVID-19 because she'd been smooching with some other guy? Do you know that to be a fact? I'll, uh, I'll hang up and listen, Coach. No, you don't. You There's no 0%, Mike. You don't know any of it. If you believe that your players are 100% good to go, everyone that passed, then you should rep- recognize all the 100% of clubs of guys that passed. It's the reason you test, Mike. It's the reason you test Florida State. It, it, this is not, we're, we, are, we are not trying to land a man on the moon. Or even have the little orbiter return back to Earth and land on a little little dock in the middle of the ocean, which is awesome, by the way, Elon Musk. Kudos to you, sir. <laughs> what are we doing? Like the more I think about it, I Mike Yuva, get on the line. Call me back. I disagree with you completely. You either trust the test, or you don't. This is not a is Clemson right? Is Florida State wrong? This is a do you trust the test, yes or no? If the answer is no, Swanee, I don't trust the test, quite frankly. I'm Coach Mike Norvell. I don't trust the test. The great coach, quit playing. 
You've been running guys out there that you don't believe they're they're you you don't know. You just well, they said they're negative, but I don't know for sure if they're negative. But go play anyway, guys. Good luck with that. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, it's tough being smart. <laughs> right? I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. All right, John. All right, let me get to the text real quick. How much time do I got? Ooh, I got a few minutes. All right, good. Let me see. Can I get... um? All right, one thing I, I do need to try to do because he called yesterday and I didn't get it in was a double O. Let's see if I can get double O's up real quick. I'll play that and then I'll get to your text message, John. And everybody else who's texted us or if you put a message in. I've seen a few messages come through as well. All right, so yesterday, double uh, O gave us a little uh, ringy dingy on the phone, 803-450-0086. You could do that too. And uh, you can leave us a message. We'd love to have you uh, be a part of the program. Here's what Double uh, O had to say yesterday about Clemson and Florida State. Yeah, Lawton, I've listened to your Rob show. I've listened to your show about Florida State uh, forfeiting the game. The Allegedly. only way to prevent that from happening in the future is to – put a rule in place that if you forfeit a game, it becomes becomes a loss for your team and a win for the other team. Otherwise, it's going to continue to happen. Uh, play Florida State again, make up that game, not a chance. Yeah, now, now first I want to say, you know, it was not a – they didn't forfeit. Sweeney believed it should be a forfeit. It's postponed. I wouldn't play them again for at least five years to compensate for the expenses Good that Clemson had to pay to attend that silly-ass place they call Tallahassee. Tally, I said Tally, that's right. Tallahassee, bunch of scaredy cats. Don't want to get beat up. And although there's 45% of you that want to make the game up, you got no spine, no backbone, and no wahoo today. I'm mad. I ain't liking it, and I don't care what you think. And this double O, I'm signing out. Goodbye. Double O, appreciate the call. All right, B-Man and SC says, Swanee, I agree with you about FSU. Devil's Advocate, would you allow Mike Yuva's wife to sit in your studio for two hours if she tested negative today? No, no. There's been transmission in rooms. Hadn't been transmission in the field. No, I don't know. That's a good point. Um, it depends. Is she ma- First off, is she masked up and are we socially distanced? I mean, honestly, I don't. I have to think about the answer. That's a good question. I think that might be all of them there. Yeah, that's all of them. I think we got them all in. Thank you guys so much. Listen, have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't eat turkey. Big ham guy. Let's go. Big pumpkin pie guy. Let's go. We'll be back on Monday after Clemson and Pitt. Make sure you keep updated over the, over there on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. I'm out. Thank you to Mike Yuva. Thank you to Coach Mike Noonan. We'll be back on Monday. Till then, as always, y'all take care now. Go Tigers!